number 13. We'll be back in the book of Joshua in chapter number 13. And I talked to Brother Pierce. If there's any way I could have preached him tonight, I would have. And uh, I appreciate the ministry and appreciate his preaching, singing. And, uh, and just thank the Lord for him. But uh, this is what the Lord's put on my heart tonight. And uh, y'all do pray for me this evening. Joshua chapter number 13. We're back in this study of this great book of victory. <clears throat> and uh, last week we kind of deviated a little bit. The Lord put a verse out of Psalm 23 on my heart. And uh, now we're back in the book of Joshua chapter number 13. And uh, the last time we were in this chapter we looked at uh, verse number 1. And we went all the way down through verse number 14. Now Joshua was old and stricken. In years, and Joshua pinned that down. So you think about that. Uh, he just wrote that down. And said, "Man, I'm getting old," and so uh, and so he's pinning this down. So you think about all the things that he is writing. I, I thought about how many times Jonah thought when he's writing the book of Jonah. Man, alive, just told the truth on himself, and how difficult that was. And here Joshua. Just being honest, he said, you know, I'm getting old, but there's still stuff for me to do. And we looked at that, how that God still had land to be conquered. And then we had looked at verse number 14. That's kind of where we ended up. Only under the tribe of Levi he gave none inheritance. The sacrifices of the Lord God of Israel made by fire are their inheritance, as he said unto them. And so that's where we concluded the last time we were in this chapter of Joshua 13. Then verse 15 said, And Moses gave unto the tribe of Chil uh, the tribe of the children of Reuben inheritance according to their families. And so basically what Joshua is doing here is he's going over or he's beginning to rehash what Moses uh, had said about Reuben and Gad and the half tribe of Manasseh. Verse number 16 said, Nercos was from Aurora that is on the back of the river Arnon and the city that is in the midst of the river and all the plain of Mediba, Heshbon, and all her cities that are in the plain, Dibon and Bamoth Baal and Beth Baal Meon. And I'll stop right there. And you said amen right there. I'm not going to go through these cities, but we will pick up verse number 22. Said Balaam also the son of Beor, the soothsayer, did the children of Israel slay with a sword among them that were slain by them. And the border of the children of Reuben was Jordan and the border thereof. This was the inheritance of the children of Reuben after their families, the cities of the villages thereof. And Moses gave inheritance unto the tribe of Gad, even unto the children of Gad, according to their families. And he begins to go uh, and tell about who is bordering there, the tribe of Gad. Verse 28 says, This is the inheritance of the children of Gad after their families, the cities, and their villages. Verse 29, Moses gave inheritance unto the half-tribe of Manasseh. And this was the possession of the half-tribe of the children of Manasseh by their families. And their coast was from Maanim, all Bashan, and all the kingdom of Og, king of Bashan, and all the towns of Jair, which are in Bashan, threescore cities. And he goes through there naming cities again. Verse 32, these are the countries which Moses did distribute for inheritance in the plains of Moab on the other side Jordan by Jericho eastward. But under the tribe of Levi, Moses, Moses gave not any inheritance. The Lord God of Israel was their inheritance, as he said unto them. And so I want to look at these verses that I just read. And, and as Joshua is beginning to rehash 
of what has happened and what Moses had said to do involving these two and a half tribes, uh, he's no doubt writing this with grief because he's thinking about, man, they could have been over here with us, but they made a choice to stay on the other side of Jordan or on the wrong side of Jordan. And uh, the tribal leaders of Reuben and Gad were content uh, to be in these lands with the half-tribe of Manasseh. I always thought many times how the half-tribe of Manasseh that was on the correct side of Jordan, if you're facing it, they would be on the left side of the Jordan, but they were actually on the right side of Georgian, Jordan. They were on the correct side of Jordan. They were on the west side of Jordan. So you think about the half-tribe of Manasseh on the other side, on the wrong side, thinking, man, we could have been over there with our family. We could have been over there with our loved ones. We could have been over there with those people that we grew up with, but we've decided to hook up uh, with these other two tribes over here. How sad that that is where people make a choice uh, when they could have had the best that God had to offer them. And uh, I thought about this, and I'll be quick in the points tonight. I've got three points about how negative it was for them to be on the wrong side of Jordan, to be able to stay over there. And then we're about to go into chapter number 14, uh, where the land is divided by lot, and then Caleb gets his privileges. And what an exciting time for the people that are on the correct side of Jordan. But these people that we read about tonight are on the wrong side of Jordan. And I thought one of the negatives about being where they are was the fact that there was no secure borders as to where they were. You look at this and one side, they would be totally vulnerable to their enemies and they, those enemies remembered the blood and they remembered those battles and they remembered how these people of Israel came up against them and took them out. Now, if you could get a visual of this and uh, if you get a visual of this, I've got this remote here. If y'all could kill the light, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Brother Wesley, here's your remote to go in the, uh, to go in the uh, nursery there. We've got y'all set up a screen in there so y'all can hear me preach the whole time. Isn't that grand for you people who have uh, children? But I, I do wish that I, for one time, I wish this was a remote where we did have something we could drop down and let you take a look at it. And I could do like that right there and you'd be impressed by that. And no, y'all don't look at my ball spot. But if you can get a picture right here, on the left side, uh, be on the west side of Jordan. If, if the baptistry is the Jordan River, then here on the left side, this is all the land of milk and honey. This is Canaan land. This is where all the nine and a half tribes are. But over here to my right would be where the tribes of Israel are. And up to the extreme right would be Manasseh. And then in the middle there would be Gad. And then on the bottom would be Reuben. So on this side, well, if you can picture this, there's the Jordan River. Here is Reuben. Uh, here is Manasseh and Gad and Reuben on the bottom. Over here, over here is nothing but enemy. Over here is nothing but bad people. Over there is nothing but people who worship Baal, ungodly and wicked. And they all remember what these people did to their family. I said that to say this. When you are on the other side of Jordan, when you're on the wrong side of Jordan, you may have a little bit of protection on one side, but you are totally open to the attacks of the enemy on the other side. And that's exactly where these people are. I don't know about you, but 
I, I tell you, we need protection as a church. And, I, and I'm not talking about the safety team, and I thank God for the safety team. But I promise you, there's some things that the safety team cannot stop. And there's some things that you and I are not going to be able to thwart off. Hey, I appreciate the fact of having some security around here, but I tell you what, we need more than that. We need God's hand. We need God's protection. We need God to shield us and guard us and to keep his hedge about us. Psalm 3 and verse 3 said, But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. Genesis 15 and verse 1, After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. I thought about Genesis chapter number 14. Abram was able uh, to go out and rescue Lot, his nephew Lot, from the uh, other people that were prisoners there that had taken Lot. And he goes out and takes care of those four kings. He won the battle and he captured possession uh, of them. And Abraham led a surprise attack and defeated the enemies against these four kings. And the reason being is because God said, I am thy shield. He said, I'm your protector. He said, I'm the one that's watching over you. Well, he needed God's protection and these people needed God's protection and you and I needs God's protection. And these two and a half tribes, they were sure enough out in the open. They were exposed. And, and here they are. I mean, they're, they're on the east side and they're open uh, season to attacks. I mean, the enemy is coming against them. And they say, man, I can't wait uh, to take care of these people. These are the people that took us out. And no doubt, I thought about this. Here they are and there's no secure borders. And God's for borders, by the way. Uh, but there's no secure borders there at all. And so on one side, they're just totally helpless against the enemy. I thought about this. Not only the fact that here's these men that made the decision that I'm going to do what daddy did and I'm going to stay on the wrong side, but I thought about they have wives and they have children that are there at home. What about the wives and the children that have to deal with the sudden, with, with sudden attacks that no doubt could come at any time? I mean, they could be there in the middle of the night. Wives and children are there, and they're vulnerable to the attacks of the enemy because of the decision that daddy made. I tell you, we need somebody to defend us and to protect us because we got problems that are going to be bigger than we are, and we've got issues that are going to be bigger than we are. They're not too big for God, but these people are on the wrong side of Jordan. They do not have God's protection. And if you looked at this from top to the bottom, you had Manasseh there on the top, as I said, and then you have below them is Gad. Then you have Reuben that's on the bottom. Now here's the issue. Reuben should have been on the top. Reuben could have had the top. He could have been on top of life. He could have been on top of everything. You say, why is that? Because the Bible said in Genesis in chapter number 40 when God is going through these men and going through these firstborn, uh, he mentions Reuben being the eldest son of Jacob by Leah. And typically the firstborn in the Old Testament, that's where all the blessings came. As a matter of fact, when you were the firstborn, which is what Reuben was, when you're the firstborn, you got a double blessing. You got a double portion. Well, here's Reuben, instead of being on the top, Instead of him being over there on the right side of Jordan and him still being over there on the correct side of Jordan with the blessings of God, here he's over here. He's not on the top. He's on the bottom. And if you look at Reuben and you look at what he's surrounded by, he's surrounded by the Ammonites and the Moabites. He's got a little bit of protection over to his, which would be his right. There's a little bit of protection there. There's the Dead Sea there. I mean, who in the world would want to live next to the Dead Sea? There's no life 
life there. But that's where Reuben ends up. The reason being is because Reuben went in in Genesis 49 verse 3. Reuben, and here's what Jacob is talking about. He said, Reuben, thou art my firstborn, my might, and the beginning of my strength, the excellency of dignity, and the excellency of power. He said, unstable is water. Thou shalt not excel, because thou wentest up to thy father's bed, then defilest thou it. He went up to my couch. He turns and says, boys, y'all remember, your brother went up into my couch. What's he talking about? That means that Reuben, and you can go back and read this, he had a relationship with a concubine named Bilhah. And the reason Reuben did that is he, he wanted to circumvent. He wanted to take over as the patriarch of the family. He wanted to circumvent the authority of his dad, Jacob, and get in a seat of authority himself. And so because Reuben had that issue, Reuben did not end up over there in the land flowing with milk and honey. He ended up on the bottom. And that's exactly where you will end up if you get out from under the authority of God, if you get out from under the authority of the Scripture, if you get out from under the authority that God has placed. It, it works with a family, works with a spouse, it works with a wife, works with a church, it works with children. If you'll stay under the authority of your parents, there is protection, there is a shield, there is a guard that God puts in your life. If you get out from under that authority, you will end up on the bottom. Amen. You will not end up on top. I promise you, you will end up on the bottom of this life. There's protection when you're under that authority. He got from, out from under that authority, and instead of being on top, he ends up down there on the very bottom on the wrong side of Jordan. There's no secure borders. There's no sustained boundaries. When you look at this, there's no boundaries. I mean, on one side, there's a little bit. On one side, and you can look down through there who borders who and, and who goes down through there and who might be on the left side and, and who's next to Gad. If you look at this, uh, to the left or to the west of Manasseh, you had Naphtali. To the west of Gad or on their left, you had the Jordan River. And on the other side was the tribe of Manasseh. But this left Reuben all by himself. You had the little bit of the banks of Jordan and the Dead Sea and then all the enemies all around this man. But not only, I mean, listen, there was no there was no border. But there was no boundaries. There was no sustained boundaries. There were no marked boundaries. You couldn't really tell where their property ended and the enemy's property started. The reason I said that, thank God for some boundaries. You get over here living on the wrong side of Jordan, you get over here on the wrong side of the will of God, you won't have no boundaries in your life anymore. Let me say something right now. That's why mama and daddy puts boundaries on you children. Amen. There's some, that's why, and let me say this today, your line may not be where my line is. Let's see if you come on in the house now. Your line may not be where mine and Amy's line is. Your line may be tighter than ours. Your line may not be quite where ours is. Amen. But find a line. Make you a line. Amen. Make some boundaries. Say, all right, you're not going here. You're not doing this. You're not wearing that. You're not listening to that. Amen. There's got to be some boundaries. There's no boundaries when you're on the other side of Jordan. I mean, listen, you, you might disagree with my line. I may disagree with your line, but find a line. There's no lines over here. There is no boundaries. You know why we got guys dressing up like girls and we got girls dressing up like guys? Because there's no boundaries anymore. They've removed all that boundary, amen, they have in life. A boundary is something that indicates, hey, there's a limit. There's a line here. There's a limit that we're not crossing. There are no limits over there. When you draw a physical boundary, it can be seen. It separates some things. Amen. It distinguishes 
some things. That's why we've got people right now, that's why we've got guys wearing high heel shoes and lipstick. Amen, that's right, because now there's no boundaries. Well, you let them decide. Let them, let them make up their mind. No, I mean, God decided that. When they got born, that's the way it is. On their birth certificate, it tells exactly what they are. Amen? But now there's no borders. There's no lines whatsoever. You think about that. Amen? I mean, listen, children, that's why your mom and daddy, you don't like some of the boundaries. You don't like some of the lines that mom and dad is drawing in your life. You ought to thank God that mom and daddy cares enough to draw the line. Amen. They said, because you're mine, I draw the line. Amen. They said, because you belong to me. I'm not letting you go. I'm not letting you do these things. Now, again, I'm not trying to tell you that, you know, we're the great paragon or whatever, but I'm telling you, I do believe our line is scriptural. Amen. Get you some verses hid in your heart. Get you some Bible hid in your heart and say, honey, I don't, I know, well, they may do it, but we're not doing it. Amen. You think about this, friend. That's why the Bible said, Proverbs 29, verse 15, the rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left himself bringeth his mother to shame. What does that mean? That means a neglected child or a child left alone or a child left himself. Why is that? Because young people are foolish. Amen. I mean, I, way back when, way back when, I mean, back when I was changing chariot tires or chariot wheels and stuff like that and making sure all the bridles were nice and leathered up real good, back when I was a child, I know how it is. I mean, my mom and dad's here. I, I, wouldn't, I, I did some foolish things. Y'all can say amen right there. My mama's nodding her head, yes. I mean, I've done some of the craziest thing that you, I mean, listen, just, just I mean, just stuff it, that, that don't do it. I mean, I'm just telling you, don't do it. Crazy stuff. Stuff didn't even make no sense. Stuff that I should have never done because it was foolish. That bridge at Copper Creek, I jumped off that bridge into the river. Now, they try to tell me, well, you didn't jump off that bridge. Well, I don't know. I mean, listen, it wasn't a covered bridge when I was young. Bless Pat. I mean, it may not have been that exact bridge, but it wasn't so rickety, amen. They, they, they was taking animals across it. We did drive vehicles back then. But I remember getting on that bridge at the Birch Purchase, what we call it, and jumping off that bridge. You talk about dumb I mean, that's a crazy, you, I should have never done that. I should have died and I'd have went to hell. They're doing crazy stuff. I don't like saying that other word. Just, well, it is. It's just stupid. And don't use that word. But I'm just telling you, I'm trying to express to you, it's beyond dumb. Crazy stuff. That's why God puts a mama and daddy or a guardian in front of you and to say, listen, you're not as smart as you think you are. Amen. You're not, you don't have it all together like you think. That's why you need somebody to watch over you. That's why mom and daddy won't lead you to yourself. That's why mom and daddy are trying to watch over you. That's why mom and daddy's not wanting to turn you loose with every Tom, Dick, and Harry that pulls in the yard. Amen. That's why they're watching over you. They're trying to protect you. It's not to punish you. It's trying to protect you. It's trying to put you in a place. You say, well, that's outdated. No, praise God, it's in the Bible. Romans 13, 14, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. I mean, listen, that's why you don't get around. I mean, if you start playing with fire, you are going to get burned. 
There's no boundaries over there. Well, it don't matter. I heard somebody say, well, you're going to turn them in. You're going to turn them into this. They're not going to like girls or whatever. I'm telling you this, listen, that's one of the biggest lies that's ever been hatched. I mean, you got a young man, and we got young men in here, and they're getting on up in age, and they look at a young lady, and they say, you know what? She's pretty. Or, or, or you guys, you girls, you're looking at a young man, and say, you know what? He's, he's nice looking. I mean, he might be husband material. I mean, he might be, and he may not be. But I'm telling you right now, mom and daddy is trying to put some parameters on you. They're trying to put you in a place. Say, here, listen, don't cross this line. The reason mom and daddy is doing some of that is because they know what damage is done when you do cross the line. I appreciate the people that's in this church that have, that'll stand with the preaching when you come straight out of the Bible and you tell them about divorce and remarriage and you preach it's one man, one woman for life. We got people in here, some of the best people I know have gone through that. Thank God that they stick with the Bible and the preacher that say, preacher, preach it because we don't want our children making the same, same mistakes we made. And there ain't nobody above that. Amen. That's why there's boundaries. That's why there's a line. There's no, there's no line over there. There is no secure borders when you're on the other side of Jordan. There's no sustained boundaries I mean, when you sustain something, I mean, you, you, it's marked. There's no, it just, it, here's what happened. Oh, no, this is our property. This is our land. And then here's the Moabites saying, no, no, that ain't your land. This is our land. Oh, no, 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 this, oh, no, this is not your land. This is our, and there's a battle over boundaries. That's exactly where we are in America today. There's a boundary, there's a battle over boundaries. And some churches, there's a battle over boundaries. I mean, listen, I, I understand. Listen, we got young people, best, best young people on planet Earth as a whole in this church. I, I believe that. We've said that, me and my wife, have, we've said it in private. Amen. I'm talking about great kids, great youngins, talented, love the Lord. <laughs> and the reason I think a lot of it is is because mom and daddy has put boundaries. Amen. I tell you what, if, somebody, if somebody's got higher boundaries than I've got, you know what I'm going to say? Praise God. Amen. I mean, listen, thank God. Draw the line somewhere. Now, listen, I'm not talking about coming in here like the Amish. Amen. That's too much. Amen. A bar of soap's too cheap to have that kind of boundary. But I'm just, I'm just saying, thank God, find your boundary, find your line. And I tell you what you do, young people. You say, all right, mama, okay, daddy, thank you. You love me. You care for me. You've protected me. You're shielding me. You know more than I do. And submit to that. I'm telling you what God will do, praise God. He'll put you over here on the correct side of Jordan. You can get over here where the blessings are. You can get over here where you've got the tribes around you to protect you. And lastly, lastly, and here's my last point. Listen, there's no spiritual blessings on the wrong side of Jordan. Amen. Now, we looked at the Levites, and the Levites were not like everybody else. And they didn't have the land, but they did have the Lord. Now, I'm not going to re-preach re -preach all that again. But these Levites were given 48 Levitical cities. Those 48 Levitical cities were over here, and they were met, they were in a midst and in amongst these nine and a half tribes. I mean, they were over here, and they were mixed in with the people of God. 48 strategically placed cities throughout that area. 
Well, here they are on the wrong side of Jordan. They're over there. There's no spiritual blessings in that land. Yes, they may have some good grass for cattle. Yes, they may have a good farm supply store in town. Yes, they may have some good entertainment for somebody to have over there. Most of it come from Balaam and Baal and the worship of Balak and the gods of this world. They, well, we got entertainment over here. I like entertainment. I really do. I mean, I enjoy. I enjoy a good joke. I tell a bunch of bad ones, but I enjoy a good joke. I mean, I really do. I spared y'all for the fall festival. I didn't want to hear it at the house. Hey, man, somebody said you ought to grab that corn chuck that was up against the door because that's how corny your jokes are. I like entertainment. I like having a good time. All right, I really do. But I tell you, it ain't all about having a good time. It ain't all about entertainment. It's all about having the blessings of God on your life. These people, they didn't have that. They didn't have it. That's exactly right. You say, what was the big deal? Well, Exodus 28 and verse 30. He said, and thou shalt put in the breastplate of judgment the Urim and the Thummim, and they shall be upon Aaron's heart when he shall go in before the Lord when he goeth in before the Lord, and Aaron shall bear the judgment of the children of Israel upon his heart before the Lord continually. Now you think about this. God put these Levitical tribe, put the cities of the Levites, mingled them in and mixed them in amongst the people. So they weren't in a monastery. They weren't in a convent. He didn't put them in all in one place. He scattered them about. The reason I'm saying that is because the tribe of Naphtali or the tribe of Ephraim or one of these other tribes, they could step outside and it wouldn't take too long. They'd be smelling the offering of incense. They'd be smelling those sacrifices that were being offered to God. Now, I know the tribes, went, they had to go once a year and they would go to the tabernacle and they would do their proper, they would do their proper sacrifices and they would go in the temple to do that. Then they went back to the house. And that means they were amongst the people. And the reason I said that, and I thought about this today, in the book of Exodus, it talks about that breastplate of judgment that was born on the chest of the breastplate of the high priest. And he wasn't everywhere. He was in the will of God, but he had on his chest, he had those 12 tribes, those 12 stones, and they were rose across his chest. There was only one breastplate that contained that Urim and the Thummim. Urim means lights. It's mentioned seven times in the Word of God. And Urim is mentioned five times. Or Urim, I'm sorry, mentioned seven times. And it's mentioned five times with Thummim. And Urim gave direction. It gave counsel only through the high priest. Only through the spiritual direction. He wasn't everywhere. He was in the midst over here on the people on the right side of Canaan or on the correct side of Canaan. I'm telling you, you're not going to find a spiritual direction you need out of the will of God. I mean, you got to get somewhere where God is giving you direction. God is giving you light. God is giving you divine protection. God is giving you divine leadership. You won't find that on the other side of Jordan. Amen. You think about these people. They had no Levites, no guidance. Hey, we're to seek godly counsel. And I thank the Lord tonight for a Bible. Amen. <laughs> that we can go to. But we need to be around people who are walking with the Lord. We need to be around people who are hearing from God. You don't get that on the other side of Jordan. I don't do that. That's too strict. 
I don't do that. That's too much. I, I, you're, you're, you know, you're a legalist if you don't. I, you, you mean to tell me you don't? You mean to tell me you don't want your, uh, you don't let your daughter, you, you wouldn't let your daughter hold hands? You mean to tell me you wouldn't, you wouldn't let your daughter, you know, give a kiss on the jaw? No, no, nada, nunca. Don't that mean never? Amen. I think that's right. Nunca, never. That's exactly right. Not one time. I mean, well, you know, well, brother Randy, don't don't you understand? You know, don't you think I need a little test drive? Don't you think they need to? Don't don't you think you know they need to? Just don't you think you need to ease up on them a little bit? Don't you think you need to trust them a little bit? Let me ask you something. What was you doing when you was 15, 16 years old? What was you doing when you were 17, 18? Amen. Amen. Now, Luke, I'm just telling you. Son, you wore out seven sets of tires driving back forth to Burnsville, North Carolina. You did. But I'm telling you, I'm proud of you, buddy. I'm proud of you. I mean, he's my boy. You say, well, you, oh, Brother Randy, you, you think your kids are perfect. No. Right the opposite. They're, my kids have got me in them. I thank God they got a lot of their mom in them. Amen. But then I got one that's just me. All right. Amen, John. Good looking boy, I'll tell you that. Humble too. You think, you think your children are perfect? No, I actually think the opposite. I think they're not perfect. They are imperfect. Amen. That's why, that's why that we need to protect them. That's why you need to protect yours because they got a sin nature in them. Hey, I appreciate what Brother Ellis said. You won't hear it. Well, I mean, you may hear it as good, but you won't hear it no better Sunday night. And I, what he said, I mean, he's not using them as a great, you know, here, you'd be like us and be like them or whatever. But I am saying this, there's a right way and a wrong way. There's a scripture way and there's a Bible way. And to turn them loose and just, y'all have at it. Y'all behave. I'm like, my, what do you mean? Man, you say, well, you know, Brother Randy, we, we don't know what to do. We've made some mistakes. Join the crowd. Man, we, we've made some mistakes. All right, stop, hit the pause button, and then say, you know what? Let's hit the reset. And man, I'll tell, tell you what, God will be merciful to you. God will help you. God is a God of mercy. He ain't ready to throw you off the cliff. Amen. But I'll tell you what, thank God for a place we can come hear from God. Thank God for a place that we can come and, and worship God. I mean, it, you know, I, I probably say, you know, cut up probably more than some people don't like and, and, and whatever. But I'm sorry, I have a good time being saved. Yeah, you don't have to carry on like me. You don't have to laugh like me. And just because you're, you're, you may not be smiling. I'm not looking. I'm not looking out here. I mean, I, you may not be smiling. You may just, I mean, but you might have, you might have a kidney stone. You just may not be feeling good. Uh, and you really, you know, you're, I don't know, you may not like this. You may not like this. I paid $8 for this at the bargain hunt or something. You may not like my coat. Hey Amen. Wh whatever it is. Whatever it is. But thank God for a place we can come that's a church. I mean, listen, we got the right Bible. We got the right message, amen, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I thank God for the people of the church. Thank God for a place you can come and hear from God. Where would some of us be had we not had the church? Where would some of us be had we not had the Bible? Where would some of us be had God not sent us a message at the right time, at the right place? 
Thank God for that. Amen. Being somewhere where God is speaking and God is using his servants to minister spiritual blessings to us. You don't get that on the other side of Jordan, on the wrong side of Jordan. Then he mentions these influences around them and he talks about Balaam and I'm not going to go in and preach about all of that, but he influenced those people. And Balaam's way is a, and, and all those people, these Ammonites, Moabites, all these, Balak, all these, and you can go back and read about the life of Balaam and you can look at, at things, 2 Peter chapter number 2, you can look at the book of Numbers 25 and look at how Balaam, probably one of the most puzzling, <laughs> puzzling people in all of the Bible, but he influenced these people that bordered the half-tribe Manasseh, Gad, and Reuben. That's who were next to them, influences. I don't know about you, but I don't want those people influencing me, my children, you, your children, or this church. Man, that's the danger of being satisfied. And I, you can go and you can go read Mark chapter number 5, how what you choose are going to affect future generations. These people chose to stay on the wrong side of Jordan. They say, well, you know, this is where we're going to stay. This is where we're going to dwell. Mark chapter number 5, you had the Gadarenes that were raising hogs from this tribe of Gad that was on the other side of Jordan, and now they're raising pigs. They're raising unclean animals. They're raising hogs, which was an abomination to the Jews. That was to the Jews. And not to us. That was to the Jews. Everything is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. Amen. Hallelujah. But you see what, how, you say, how, how did they get there? Well, they got there because there's a generation. So you know what? We're satisfied over here. We don't need God's protection. We don't need God's blessings. We got it all well and good over here. But there's no borders over there. There's no boundaries over there. There's no blessings over there. I'd rather be over here where God wants us to be. Amen. Let's everybody stand.